time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. This is William Benteen, who officiates in a disintegrating outpost in space. The people who are a remnant society, who left the Earth looking for a millennium. A place without war, without jeopardy, without fear. And what they found was a lonely, barren place whose only industry was survival. And this is what they've done for three decades, survive. Until the memory of the Earth they came from has become an indistinct and shadowed recollection of another time and another place. One month ago, a signal from Earth announced that a ship would be coming to pick them up and take them home. In just a moment, we'll hear more of that ship. More of that home and what it takes out of mind and body to reach it. This is The Twilight Zone. Episode number 118 of The Twilight Zone is on Thursday we leave for home. Or uh, Sean, as I like to call it, uh, Brooks Hadlin is an institutional man on any planet. (laughs) (laughs) On any planet you can name, yes he is. Yeah, Um, any planet he goes to, he becomes an institutional man. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's not the worst quality. A galactic company man. Yes. Um, because, uh, you know, if, if if you like weren't paying that close attention, uh, uh, that is... Oh, now I can't even think of his name. Uh, but but he was the miracle Girl guy. Oh, and yeah. He played, <laughs> and he played, uh, he played Brooks in the Shawshank Redemption. And uh, basically the same character because he decided he couldn't handle not being in prison anymore. Yeah, <laughs> this um, this episode, like the the setup, is actually I don't know this this whole uh, episode is actually quite terrifying. And aside from the hour long runtime, belongs nowhere near se- season four. The crappiness that is season four. No, it, it's uh, I I would assume that it was a story that they probably had in mind uh, prior to the slog that was season four. And they actually did a good job to fill an hour. Honestly, it wasn't as bad as the um, as the other hour again hour long episodes. They they did, but I also think that uh, you know we've run into this with a couple episodes where I think maybe somewhere along the line somebody made a half hour version of it because yeah. there were definitely scenes that I don't remember seeing all that often. Yeah, and <clears throat> I mean. I, I would imagine that there are probably some some of these in season four where, you know, they said to Sci-Fi or USA or whoever was running a marathon on New Year's Day or July 4th that, uh, you know, you have to keep in on Thursday we leave for home. Here's a 30-minute version. Um, do you remember if they would play hour-long episodes during any marathons? I I don't recall. I don't think they did. I think they did, but I think that there was like a, a... – you know, there's a fairly limited number of, of hour long episodes yeah. <laughs> that are worth running. So like, uh, you know, <laughs> like you definitely see he's alive. Like yeah. that, that's, uh, yeah. that, that's good just because, you know, any, uh, any story you can, uh, you can throw out there with Hitler, that that's a real crowd pleaser. <laughs> uh, plus, plus just the fact that Dennis Hopper, like, even if he wasn't a huge name at the time, he obviously is probably one of the bigger name people to yeah. be on the zone so i i think that one always shows up in uh in marathons um 
this is one that always shows up uh, on marathons and, and that might be it like like that and maybe the uh uh the first one what was it the 30 fathom grave or whatever the blank yeah. fathom grave uh yeah. i think that one might show up occasionally too that was a that was a tough one um <clears throat> is, are dennis hopper and we'll see in a couple of weeks burt reynolds the are they the two biggest contemporary ish stars um to to our time in the twilight zone i think so probably i mean other than shatner because you know shatner's william, oh, yeah. episodes. i did not know that william shatner <laughs> of course i leave him out of those three of those two. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i mean you know you have your your lana fords and stuff like that but um yeah, uh, yeah and, I, well, I, and, and actually uh was it uh was it last week or the week before when we had a Julie Newmar? I mean, she was a big deal even then. Sure, yeah. And um, was uh, was Ron Howard a kid? Yes, he was. So yeah, we, we had Ron Howard, um, yeah. who, who, as you was may, Ron Howard know, a kid is a very is, funny uh, question. Is uh, is is Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard's dad? In case you didn't know, <laughs> that, that's what he's most famous for, isn't it? Of course, of course, especially in that episode of uh, Arrested Development. Yes. Um, the years we don't like to talk about. <laughs> so um, so the story uh, starts off with uh, the, these people who are, uh, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how they ended up there because it doesn't sound like they were marooned. It sounds like they, they basically went out looking to colonize a, a place and it just turned out to be it, it just turned out they picked like the worst possible place <laughs> i had a i had a problem with that too just because they do do a pretty good job of cramming a lot of stuff into this hour-long episode um storytelling could be better but yeah i had to read the wikipedia that basically says that they they were fleeing um uh fleeing frequent wars on earth which makes me wonder how bad were that was it just like non-stop gang violence is it something closer to ukraine and russia or was it just like nuclear war nuclear war nuclear war yeah i i mean um so, so my guess would be that they that they they just went out in search of a new home and it just turned out that they picked um you know they they picked the detroit of of the solar system <laughs> they picked They're one with two sons yeah they they, they picked uh, Tatooine, but it's not even the garden spot of Tatooine. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's what happened, but I, I could be wrong about that. If a, if a Bantha just like screamed by, I would I would really enjoy this episode even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they picked a, a part of uh, Tatooine that's, you know, so remote. They, they, don't, they don't even have sand people there. <laughs> um, so what are the things that I... What one of the things that I thought was interesting is okay, so they landed in 1991, and it, yeah. it's supposed to be 30 years later, so that means that it's actually about now. Right about now, yeah, um, yeah. 2021 that they uh, they decide to ask to come back after. It, it, it's you know, actually it's actually so bad on this planet that 2021 Earth sounds fine. <laughs> They have missed every single post seventies Alabama college football championship. That's amazing. So they're still stuck with uh, believing that the, the couple of uh, Alabama championships that they basically gave themselves 
are uh, <laughs> are, are a big uh, are a big deal. Uh, which which by the by the way, so we don't you know piss off our Alabama fans. They've now no. won enough uh, championships in addition to that that I think we can exactly. all laugh about the fact that they gave two of them to themselves. I'm more than happy to. I think yeah. I think a bag boy in Northport uh, claimed them the national champion. Claimed us. I am an Alabama fan. The national yes. champions one year, and we took it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, honestly, at the end of the day, if somebody's going to declare you national champions, you're going to take it. So why not, right? Uh, but uh, so they so they went to a planet V nine Gamma, which, <laughs> um, you know, I I, I don't think. Like th- that seems tough to fit on a brochure. <laughs> no, uh, I have, it's I have no G idea. For short. Yeah, I, I have no idea why they. It, it doesn't seem like you would go to a planet to start a colony without having, you know, some sort of like, you know, like Leslie Nielsen from Forbidden Planet stop by and and see what the planet's like. So, which by the way, this is basically just Forbidden Planet too. Like they use so many of the uh, so many of like the the uh, assets um, over again. Yeah, uh, as they did in, in quite a few episodes. As as a matter of fact, this is at least the second episode this season where they used the forbidden yeah. <laughs> assets because you also had uh, uh, Death Ship that used. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that definitely used the uh, the the sort of basic flying saucer. As the spaceship. I thought they actually did a pretty good job. I mean, honestly, trying to put myself back in, I mean, what is this? uh, Is this 61, 63, something like that? 63. It's, it's uh, early 63. Wow. Wow. We have, we have crossed over for four years. Um, But uh, since the debut, but yeah, I mean, 63, Times are still tough. They, they they did a good job with the they did the uh, the best with what's what was around. They, they did, uh, including you know re- recycling the same stories a few times. <laughs> uh, so they've been there for about thirty years, and um, Captain Benteen uh, is the uh, is the group's leader, and it's uh, it's Brooks Hadland from Shawshank Redemption yeah. uh, at the at the other end of his career. And uh, so, so they basically sort of give us the lay of the land uh, at the very beginning. Um, there's a, like a little radio shack, uh, you know, where they're, they're trying to reach, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the home. You know, we're, they're trying to reach Earth, I, I would assume, or, you know, some, some space station somewhere. They're trying to, trying to reach the, the, the humans and, and get somebody to come pick them up. Uh, and, and they did eventually get a, a signal, so they know that somebody is supposed to come. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to pause because you said the term Radio Shack, and I heard Radio Shack, like the store. And this is 1991, probably at the height of the franchise. Is this just mm-hmm. one franchise of Radio Shack employees who now want to return to a planet that has forgotten them? <laughs> it probably truly is. is the most dystopian episode of Twilight Zone ever. <laughs> Things are so bad that the Radio Shack people want to come back. That that's <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad things are. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, so uh, you know, you know the uh, 
the the, the people there with uh, Captain Benteen, they're they're like sort of being sustained by this idea that uh, eventually someone's going to come rescue them. Uh, one person commits suicide. We see that, uh, which it's is pretty dark, dark for the Twilight Zone. You know, when you think yeah. about it in in uh, 1963, that that's pretty dark for TV back then. This this reminded me honestly. This was like that was a moment that was the level of darkness of um, the episode where <clears throat> the guy bets that he won't talk for a year, and then you find out he like cut out his vocal cords at the end of the oh, episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that is this is some that level dark. And, and really, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves or anything, but the the ending is is just as dark. Oh my god, it's even um, worse. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, like the person commits suicide, and they're doing a, a funeral for her. And uh, Benteen, he uh, he starts like leading them in some sort of like inspirational chat, uh, a chant, uh, you know, basically saying, you know, a ship is coming. Uh, and then, uh, just whether whether starting to turn around a little bit, like a meteor shower hits them, and and like. I don't think anybody gets killed, but a bunch of people get injured and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's not looking too good for them. Times are tough on V9 Gamma. It, it is, especially that time of year, man. You, you, that, that's not, you don't want to be operating an Airbnb at that time of year on V9 Gamma. Not during meteor shower season. No, no definitely not. Uh, so right about the time they're about to, you know, probably give up and... Uh, I mean, I don't know what you do if, when when you give up and you're on V9 Gamma, but uh, they, uh, a, a ship actually shows up, and, and I think it's like right in the middle of the time where uh, you know he's telling like a little kid how great Earth was. Yeah, yeah. Which again, you got to kind of wonder. Okay, if you thought Earth was so great, why did you leave? Yeah. Uh, and you know why? Why would you not want to go back to? <laughs> Well, yeah, but we'll get to that uh, uh, yeah. later in the story. Um, right about that time, a uh, the 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 UFO, the flying saucer from Forbidden Planet, lands on the uh, lands on V nine Gamma, and uh, they're there to rescue them, which you would think is good news. Not for uh, not for Captain Benteen. Yeah, it is basically good news for everybody other than him. <laughs> This is like uh, well, we'll get to it. But this is like the Treehouse of Horror when Homer, like Homer, lands himself on. I guess it's the the alternate dimension behind the bookcase. Maybe I don't know. He he finds himself on. Oh no, it's the time machine. He he finds himself in an alternate dimension where everything is terrible, and then he escapes, and then it like starts raining donuts. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he 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 makes the time machine. He ends up destroying the future, so he's like trying to restore the timeline. He comes back to uh, to a universe where uh, uh, they're all rich, and uh, they're about to take the Lexus to Patty and Selma's funeral. And then he says, "Hey, please pass the donuts." That's Bart, right. That's right. That's right. Bart says, "Oh, what are donuts?" And then he screams and goes back down in the basement with the uh, toaster time machine. And then as soon as he leaves the room, uh, donuts start falling from the sky. And Marge says, oh, it's raining again. <laughs> That's the thing. Benteen does not want to leave V9 Gamma because he knows. Second he does, it's going to start raining donuts. Yeah, yeah. You see the episode. <laughs> well, I mean, they left in 1991. I think it was a little bit early for that particular episode, but he would be aware of The Simpsons. 
Yes, 100%. <clears throat> so I don't know that he ever would have heard the sage uh, advice that uh, Abe Simpson gave Homer on, on his wedding day. <laughs> if you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything. You know, uh, depending on planning and when they left, he may only be familiar with the Tracy, Tracy Ullman era Simpsons. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he might. Man, imagine being in that world. No, no, no wonder he wanted to leave. He didn't know how, how good things were going to be. This animation's terrible. <laughs> there hasn't been a good cartoon in 20 years. I'm out of here. Homer doesn't have his trademark voice yet. And, and, he, and he sounds like uh, Walter Matthau. What, what's that about? Uh, so, uh, so, so basically, and, and this is one thing that I thought was interesting is, uh, so they got there in 1991. They've been there for 30 years. And Ben yeah. Teen, uh says that he was, uh, uh, he was, he was 15 when they landed. So did everybody else die? Like, why, how, did, how did he end up being the, the guy who's, who's in charge? Also, I don't know. Maybe he does look 45. Maybe he doesn't. But I would submit this as a Twilight Zone age syndrome. Oh, well, now I'm going to have to look it up and, and see, uh, <laughs> see how old he was. Because I, I, I actually would have thought the opposite. Like, I, I, think that, uh, I, I think that James Whitmore, who would be the, uh, the actor, by the way, uh, I think he just always looked old. So I'm surprised to hear you say that. He's 42 when at the time of this filming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, even though he was only 42, I would, I would expect he was way older than that. Yale grad, James Whitmore. Wow. Yeah. Um, did they not have sunscreen where he grew up? I mean, <laughs> so, so you think, he, you think he looked younger than that. I, I think he looked older. Oh yeah. That's what I was saying. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was um, way too young for him. Uh so so somehow he ended up in charge and basically through a series of uh, of uh of sort of, you know, like random events, we we learned that he basically he likes being in charge and and he he wants to continue being in charge. Right. Uh so the one thing that he really doesn't like is when these people uh, you know, come to rescue everybody, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, you know, we're we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna go back home, and and you won't be in charge anymore." Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's like, uh, what's the saying? You'd rather be on your knees in heaven than, or something like that. I don't rule in hell. Um, it's like I'd rather be on V nine gamma <laughs> in almost a literal hell and rule rather than not have these people, you know be aghast at my stories of earth because we're on earth and there's other people to look up to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, he uh, like at, at first, like he's just sort of living under the assumption that when they get back to earth, he's still going to be in charge of, of everybody. And right. then the, the, the captain of the rescue ship says, you know, well, have you asked them? And he and he, he says, "Oh no, I, I don't even have to ask. I know." Yeah, which just that, that's a that's a uh, that's a that's a sign of trouble right there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know I know a psychologist, but I, I I think that's a problem. It uh it doesn't it it doesn't lay a good foundation. That's for sure. 
no. So uh, eventually he's convinced to basically, uh, you know, bring the issue to the group. And the group uh, not only says, hey, we, we don't want you to be in charge, but uh, we, we basically don't want anything to do with these people once we get back to Earth. We just all want to do our own things. <laughs> Yeah. which is completely understandable. I mean, you know, if uh, if Benteen got there when he was 15, um, he, all the people younger than him have spent the vast majority of their lives, uh, if not all, on this rock. So I would probably want to, you know, make some new friends if I if I went to another planet. I would think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I love like his, his consolation prize at one point is... Well, you know, of course, you, you'll probably be able to, we'll, we'll let you do your own thing for a week, but then we're all going to come back and, and I'm going to be in charge again. Yeah. <laughs> Question. If you are born on V9 on, on V Gamma mm -hmm. and you return, quote unquote, to Earth with your settlement, are you an alien? Not Not necessarily in a legal sense. I know, obviously, in a legal sense, but... Are you technically an alien, even though you are of the human race? Oh, that's a good question. Because I, I I know it's an issue because there are at, at least a, at least one or two kids, um, you know, and there's certainly people that are less than thirty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it makes uh, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, there there's several of them that were born on there. So yeah, they I wonder if aliens. Would you be able to vote if you were of age going back to Earth? That's really the... Not, not if the Republicans have anything to say about it. <laughs> um... Lock her up. Lock her up. <laughs> Send them back. Send them back. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Do we so live I... on V9 Gamma? <laughs> <laughs> we, we might. We're just waiting uh... for somebody to come rescue us. Um I, I I do appreciate that uh, at one point somebody brings a baseball and they they start uh, they start start playing a, a a makeshift game that that uh, that did did that 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 was a, a a highlight for me. As somebody who has decided to finally watch Ken Burns baseball, I I was a uh, I was I was excited to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd never even heard of baseball before that. <laughs> it's funny. Exactly. So, so it's like the, it's amazing how these worlds converged you you learned yeah. about baseball and then oh hey hey i know what they're doing <laughs> uh so uh so ultimately after there, there's some some wailing and gnashing of teeth mostly just from uh benteen Every, everybody else is happy they're like we're going home we're gonna get to uh gonna yeah. get to do our own thing like somebody Listen, V nine gamma is so bad that at one point one of the one of the people actually says, "I want to live in Wisconsin." <laughs> that that's bad. Um, oh which, my god! I, I, I guess in, in fairness, if you spent uh, if you if you spent thirty years on a uh, on a planet with two suns and dodging meteors all the time, Wisconsin's looking pretty good. <laughs> I mean. It's the only place I've ever gotten death threats, but what what is that? What is that? Really? Mean? From listeners? <laughs> no, I got I uh well I I I it was a uh supporter for a local alderman. Oh, oh I think I remember the story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um there is a <clears throat> there is a, a book written about 
Ed Gein, where the speaking of Wisconsin, where the intro is one of the most like poetically is one of the most poetic paragraphs I've ever read about like just a desolate area. <laughs> it referred <laughs> it refers to uh, like Plainfield, Wisconsin, as the Great Dead Heart. <laughs> of of the midwest <laughs> which is so like chef's kiss just like perfection i just it is terrific and, and i think that's where have, these people want to go yeah I, I think they actually have that on the sign when you come into town now <laughs> whenever you go to plainfield wisconsin uh, oh my god uh, so so basically uh benteen is is upset that he's not going to be in charge anymore uh, you know, he's, he probably doesn't have any, uh, any skills other than giving inspirational speeches and, uh, and lecturing people about, uh, yeah. not sleeping in because that's really all we see him do. <laughs> uh, so he's probably a little worried about that. Um, he, uh, he, do, he does make some speech to, uh, to the rescue, uh, captain about, you know, I've been in charge, so I've never been able to, uh, to do anything. I've never had a wife. And uh, yeah. you know, you would think he's going to be on the news all the time. He's still only forty-five. He's got time, but apparently, he's not interested. Not interested. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I think that he doesn't really take the time. That's actually a really good point. He doesn't take the time to really think that like he's going to have a different kind of authority and power when he goes back to Earth. I mean, assuming that there's not V nine gammas all over the place where people have escaped a war ridden earth um but yeah i mean he's gonna have some stories to tell he's gonna be on the cover of some newspapers he's gonna be on the cover of some newspapers he can uh, do a he can get a book deal as soon as he lands i mean he if he plays his cards right he'll, he'll be fine for the rest of his life but oh, yeah. uh instead he's not going to be fine for the rest of his life <laughs> uh, because uh oh. basically so so he, you know, kind of turns against the uh, the rescuers, and he's like, you know, I think we we all want to stay instead. And uh, it turns out that nobody other than him wants to stay because they're not crazy. Yeah. And so, um, uh, my my favorite is the is uh, the part where uh, like as he's realizing he's not going to be in charge, and nobody really, no nobody really wants to be ruled by him. Uh, that he start he he like grabs a a metal bar and starts like trying to trying to beat up the, <laughs> the UFO. That, 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 was a, that was a great moment. That is a part. That is one of the best scenes of the episode. And I do not mean that in a bad way. Uh, but uh, so, so he basically decides that he's going to stay and uh, you know, he welcomes uh, anybody who wants to stay with him. and believe it or not, there's no takers. Cannot imagine why. Um, I, I, I'm shocked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so then the, uh, the, the UFO, you know, like, for, first of all, the, the, the rescue, the, the captain of the rescue ship does make like one last plea to get him to, to come with. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, he basically hides because he's an adult. So he hides. <laughs> um, I think I know a few adults who act like that. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the ship takes off without him. And basically, at the last minute, he's like, uh, "Hey, take me with you." And, Devastating, uh, man. And that's I mean, uh, that, that's the last we see of him. I mean, when he comes out of the cave, like, and then you know, he—it's obvious he changed his mind. He wants to go back, mm -hmm. and 
I mean, that moment, that's one of the moments where it's like, that's scarier than any monster, any demon, anything you can um, put in front of me. I think it's that like, this guy's going to be in a desert island for the rest of his life. And he made it work because he had, you know, 111 people. Um, But now he's going to do it all on his own. And it's uh, not only is, you know, the opportunity to quote unquote rule over people and direct people what to do, not only is that gone, but just like basic humor and human interaction. And if it took 30 years since the, since they, uh, to get a radio transmission since 1991, he's going to be 75 in 2051. Is that when the next one comes and will he make well- it though? Yeah, I, I I think the uh, the the rescue ship guy actually specifically said there's no more there's no more yeah. rescues after this. Um, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah, and so he's stuck there. So uh, definitely a, a pretty dark ending. I I think the story, as much as I like it, is is really it, it's something that would be sort of more at home on, on the outer limits, just because. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Hey, look at this crazy thing that happened. Rather yeah. than you know normally, well, I, I I guess there's definitely like some sort of uh, you know there there's a little bit of a, a message there about you know sort of like power corrupting and you know yeah for sure be careful I think what that's you where <clears throat> that's where the message is and there is a lot of like the grass is always greener messages and a lot of uh, Twilight Zone episodes but um, you know I mean I just wish they did not cut out the the final scene on the uh that landed on the cutting room floor which is where it actually starts raining donuts william benteen who had prerogatives he could lead he could direct dictate judge legislate it became a habit then a pattern and finally a necessity william benteen once a god now a population of one cabatron